We want our show to be tangible, like productive, like something you can walk away with, something you can apply to your life. Renegade Atlas, charting God's plan for your life. Hey everybody, welcome to the Renegade Atlas. I am Matt Dowd. And I'm Chad Hawk. And we are talking about we're talking about expectations and we've kind of moved into talking about fear and how fear really um, affects us. And today we want to talk about memory and how memories of past success or failure lead to fears, whether they're healthy or unhealthy, and um, just the role memory plays in dealing with all of it. So what is memory? That's where I'm going to. Okay. I'll kick. I'm just going to. This just came to me. It's like, what? what is memory? What is memory? Yeah. I mean, I don't know, like, a clinical definition or anything. It just seems like the, th- the experiences we've had that stick in our mind that we can access and recall, our perspective on the past, I guess. One of the ways that we think, uh, I don't know if this is fully complete, but it's what we think today is how we create memories is three-dimensionally. Okay. And if you can imagine a holograph. Okay. We create memories by taking images, if you will, of different of of, of an event, mm-hmm. and we piece it together to create this image. Whether it's a, a a mental image of a smell, a mental image of a feeling, um, a okay. temperature, a sound, and all of that morphs together into this. Um, idea and we draw from that image becomes this mental three-dimensional image becomes the memory Hmm. Hmm. and memories can degrade over time we all have experienced that and they can also not just degrade but they can alter change yeah yeah we misremember things we do we do (laughs) and when that happens that can actually that memory how we experience memory yeah. It has a huge impact. Oh, huge. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that, so that takes me back to the C.S. Lewis quote that we kind of have used throughout this whole thing is that, what? how does it go exactly? A right cannot be wronged by, or a, a, a wrong, wrong cannot, a wrong be, made cannot right be made right by simply going down the path. Yeah. You must be going back to where you made the mistake yeah. and work it afresh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So back to where the, the idea diverged, where yeah. your path diverged. You have to work it back. And usually it seems like that's some kind of traumatic experience mm-hmm. that causes a perspective. It causes us to begin to believe something, right? And to potentially be afraid of the same thing happening again because that hurt. It hurt us. It was painful. Yeah. And our brain, our mind is self um, in self-preservation mode, you know? Like that hurt. We're not going to do that again. So we learn something you know we learn to do or not to do something anymore and then that guides our life it becomes a guiding principle in our life essentially but it can be unconscious sure can it's be. there and we don't even realize it we become captive to our memories yeah 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 because like what is it that says that you're a chiropractor tomorrow <laughs> you know it's essentially what you've experienced in the past but there's nothing real holding you to that like you could wake up in the morning and decide you want to 
become a lawyer or just go ski for the rest of your life. You know, it's like, Hey, that's a good idea. <laughs> right. Matt, I like the way you're thinking <laughs> yeah, today. Let's do that. I got a buddy who's building a van and he's going to go like cruise around mountains and beaches and stuff. And, yeah. you know, like there's, we put these constraints on ourselves and where do those come from? I think, you know, fear and memory play a huge part in what we perceive as our, you know, like our, our comfort zone, I guess, you know, our reality. Our reality. Yeah. Yeah. What's possible for us, where we should be doing, who wow. we are. Um, memory, um, oh man, memory can be so difficult because uh, our memories give us our context for our, few, our current, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They give us this um, notion of who we are today or where we're at today because of what we've experienced in the past. Right. Yeah. And there's a, I think, oh, if, if you can imagine stress in life being like a balloon that's filled up, okay. and one of the things that can release a lot of pressure from that stress is we've all have bad memories. We all have hmm. failures. We all have struggled, and we all have things we are concerned about in life. Mm-hmm. And when you recognize that, Matt, you're no different than me on this one, and yeah. I am no different than you. Yeah. We should be able to take this emotional pin and just pop. Huh. And and let so much of that trepidation we have go. Yeah. Because Christ said something pretty profound. That we are no longer slaves to this world. Mm-hmm. We are slaves to him, right? We are with him. Mm-hmm. We are, And if he is for <coughs> us, who can be against us? No one. Yeah. yeah. And so if that's true, and it is, uh-huh. then our memories that can try and enslave us mm-hmm. have no right for that anymore. Yeah. And yet, I think that we're often taught that we need to just press on and like learn the principles taught in the Bible or ask God for courage or just for release from our memories, our past traumatic experiences. But we don't take C.S. Lewis advice and actually retrace our steps back to the point and deal with it. Right. And like we want our show to be tangible, like productive, like something you can walk away with, something you can apply to your life. Right. So, I know I have a thought on this, but I want to hear like, what's your, like, how do you do that in your life or how have you seen that done? Well, I'll be real honest. Like, this is as transparent as I can get on this mm-hmm. one. I didn't do that for a long time. Mm-hmm. I would not go back to the point of error and work it afresh. Yeah. I would just yeah. recognize there was a problem and I would maybe do something different, but I wouldn't go back and work it afresh. I would just keep moving Plugging away. on. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I did. Sure. In fact, there were times when I would just double down on it. <laughs> yeah. How how well did that work out? You know what? Ironically, it never served me well once. <laughs> Weird. Amazing. <huh? laughs> yeah. So what changed for you then? Like what I finally what broke transformation. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I did. Yeah. You know, I finally allowed my mind and my heart and my my soul to become 
conformed to God's ways and not my ways. Mm-hmm. Because my ways, I just got so tired of them not working yeah. Yeah. and causing me so much hurt and pain. <laughs> Sounds familiar. I, cu- I could not do it another day. Yeah. Yeah. And only when I became broken was I able now to go back and say, oh, wait, 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 wait. I am going down the wrong way. Let's go back. Yeah. Right. I had to get to the point where it was yeah. shattered. Yeah. My old identity, my old constructed identity that I had adopted and became this weird, funky, terrible personality, yeah. I shed it. So why is it that that was possible? It's kind of an open-ended question, but why, when you became broken, what did you learn about yourself? I'll give you some, some hints here to where I'm going. What did you learn about yourself from God that allowed you to become healthy and whole out of that? That it didn't matter to him. For me, none of that mattered. Right. None of the things I had previously worried about or thought about or concerned myself with, none of it mattered. Yeah. And what was the truth about his view of you? He loved me. Yeah. What was your fear leading up to that about what his view of you was going to be? I didn't know. Uh-huh. Um, actually, I would say, and this is where I may be different than most people, but I really believe that before my own fear was I was afraid of not being loved by others. Mm-hmm. I've, it's this weird thing I have. I've, I've always believed Jesus loved me. I never doubted that, but I didn't know what that meant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, maybe was it something like he loved you and kind of in spite of yourself or whatever, yeah. like, <clears throat> you know, that type of thing? Yeah, and I don't want to say hyper grace because that's probably not what it was. But it was just like this understanding. I always knew God loved me, but I didn't appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And because I didn't appreciate it, I couldn't be who I was made to be. Yeah, yeah. Has, have you, like, has God told you anything about yourself that's been impactful to you, like, about how he views you, like, anything more specific? I mean, he loves you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It is absolutely not important for me to say yes all the time. I used to always, always, always say yes to everything. Oh, yeah. To please others. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. And I was really good at saying yes and really good at helping. And anymore, I say no, and I withdraw way more than I ever used to. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, and I would have never done that. And yeah. now I find joy in this, in, in peace, in time with the Lord, in time with my family, in time with intentional relationships that I didn't have before. I had many, many, many relationships. I didn't yeah. have intentional relationships. So would you, is it fair to say then that you were seeking approval Yeah. and you were trying to find it in approval of people? Yeah. Would it, would, does that mean that you weren't super confident that God approved of you ultimately? And that's maybe why you avoided it? Um, the answer, the, the answer of course is yes. But I don't think I was cognizant of that. No, I don't. Yeah. No, I don't yeah. think that we usually are. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah. In fact, even to this day, I don't know if I'm totally cognizant of that. Um, but of course the answer is yes. Yeah. 
I just think for me and what I've seen in myself and other people, it's like we've been talking about fear and what prevents us from doing things and what pre- prevents us from you know going into something. Be- I think it's because we're afraid we're going to get hurt or we're going to get not the answer that we want. And I just think for a lot of people, what we think God's going to say about us is like that you're a failure and I may, you know, like this was a mistake, you know. <laughs> That of me creating you or that why have you not lived up to who you all this stuff that we think God's going to say and in my experience with my personal experience and in like kind of helping others through this process like when we bring our fear and our failure and our unworthiness to Jesus he always immediately discards it and starts speaking true identity into us yeah like I love you I created you this way not only am I I don't tolerate you I think you're amazing you know like I think you're incredible I fully approve of who you are like I created you and you are good anything bad in your life has become attached to you it's not what I put in you it's not what he put in us he didn't create us with flaws and sin and all this stuff. This is what the world does, right? So I feel like what Jesus wants to do is free us of all that stuff and let us see ourselves the way he sees us, which is good and worthy. And because of his blood, you know, like we're not worthy on our own. It's not like that, but he's done it. But we have to be willing to like take that step and ask the question and, and you know, and like go in into it, go through that process. That's, that's the scary part. I have a friend who's um, a Buddhist, and he um, is enamored with this idea of being able to work to find peace. Mm. Yeah. And I, I'm like, a... have you ever seen that play out right in your <laughs> right. life? Right. And his response is, well, no, but I'm more, more at peace than I used to be. Mm. I said, okay, so you're more at peace. Um, do you have love? No. Yeah. Do you have joy? (laughs) And isn't that the problem with religion? If you just do enough things right. Oh, yeah. And even, and let's face it, people, secularism is a religion. Okay? Sure. Secularism is just as guilt-ridden and everything (laughs) else and unattainable Mm. as any other religion. Okay? Yeah. The only thing that sets you apart is the work of Christ because then you haven't done a thing to earn it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, it's so, I think we get, you, you bring up religion. I just think it's really important. Um, there, there really is no such thing as religious and non-religious, like sacred and non-sacred if you can follow me here. It's like there's just humans and God, and there's this relationship between us, and he created us, and we function this certain way, and letting Jesus in to, like, go through our memories and our traumas and correct our understanding of ourselves, essentially what we're talking about here, like going back into the point where we begin to believe something that was false that's now governed our lives since that point. It, you can look at it like as just a mechanism for human function. <laughs> this is how he made us. This is the work that he wants to do. We we block it out because we're afraid and we feel ashamed and all this kind of stuff, or we have pride or whatever, and we want to fix it ourselves. 
but it's not subscribing to some religious ideology that's going to fix it. Like that'll never fix it. It's always going to come up short. So it's almost like you can set religion aside. Does that make sense? And just try to connect with God, like allow ourselves to be connected with God. Well, it's because religion is man-made. Right. How good does it do for us to connect to something that a man made? Yeah. Or a woman made? Right. Or a person made? Yeah, yeah. It's the Einstein quote. It's like a problem cannot be solved on the level of consciousness on which it occurs. Mm -hmm. Like we need a higher consciousness in order to solve our big problems. We, a religion is on the same level of consciousness as we are because, like you said, it's a human endeavor. Yeah. Yeah. So we need the actual influence and power and, you know, higher. How does this idea tie back into our memory? Exactly. Yeah. I I mean, you look at, you know, in the Bible, um, when things would happen, people would build an altar. And the point of the altar was to remember what God did there. Like they would just pile stones by the Jordan River or whatever. But, um, and, and we're told to bind God's word on our hearts and minds, like over our doors. And like we just need reminders of who God is and what he has done. Otherwise, our memory will tend to go all down all these other paths. Because I think what God is saying is like our memory is very important it strongly influences our present and future. It does. It does. So the healing yeah. of memory is uh, the healing of the present, you know. It, it's, a, it's amazing. Like getting a different view of something that's happened in the past, I don't know if you've experienced this, like changes our perception of everything between that point up till now. And it can change our perception of what's going to happen in the future, like our hope. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can say this, that God has dramatically changed my perception, my reality, mm-hmm. my memories of the past. Mm-hmm. He's made the old things new again. And only God can do that. I can't. Right. 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 Exactly. As, I, as I already said, I yeah. would just double down on what I did wrong. Right. You know. As we forge ahead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or act like it was just all good. No, it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. It's uh, all good. No, it, it isn't. It didn't bother me. Yeah. No, it isn't. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. That abuse you experienced in your life was not all good. No, exactly. No, yeah, exactly. Terrible things happen. and we. Time doesn't heal either. What does time do? It seals. I mean, it might make more permanent or it might make those memories yeah, more entrenched or fuzzier <laughs> to where, you know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, they just don't. They don't serve us. Time is a very interesting idea. I don't want to get yeah. us distracted on that today, but yeah, yeah. Um, you, there's many people listening to this. Everyone, no, let me change what I said. Hmm. Absolutely, everyone who's listening to this, we have memories mm-hmm. that we're not proud about. Mm-hmm. Memories that hurt us when or we think hurtful. about it. Yep, yep. And that's. Number one, it's okay. We understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Number two, there can it can be made right by the work of God, mm-hmm. and you don't have to solve it on your own. Yeah, yeah. Here's a good question for something practical to take away. If you wherever you're at on the faith spectrum, 
if you want to, you know, attempt this, a question you can ask is, you know, first of all, what, you know, why am I feeling like this? Where did I first begin to feel afraid or unworthy or any of these negative emotions that sort of, you know, dictate things and, and hang on to us? Where did I, where did that first happen? Let that memory come up. You'll be surprised. You, you'll probably be surprised where it's third grade or whatever. Something happened. What, next question, what did I begin to believe out of that experience? about myself, about the world, possibly about God, that has, that was false, that was not true, and that has governed my life since that point, okay, then release that. You can even imagine what that, we were talking about memories are three-dimensional. Look for that, what does it look like? What is it, what is this fear or this, whatever this um, memory is, what does it look like? Hold it in your hand and imagine releasing it lay it down, hand it to Jesus, just like imagine yourself separating from it, and then finally ask God or just ask the question, what is the actual truth? Like what was true then that I didn't realize? And just see how that changes that memory. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, on a very difficult note, um, a lot of people have experienced sexual abuse and Mm -hmm. this is one of those areas where what Matt just said Mm -hmm. and described is one of those very important healing processes you must work through Mm. and I will tell you after 20 years in practice the number of people who unfortunately have been sexually abused um, is way higher than you would ever imagine Mm -hmm. And uh, people act and believe and do things out of that pain that they've been through in their life mm-hmm. that you can be free of. Yeah. Yeah. And it's true for other areas too. But I mean, <clears throat> right now, I just want to, I think that there are some people who are going to listen to this who need to know that message. Mm. Yeah. It's real. It's actually way more common than we would ever admit. Mm. And yeah. uh, you can be you can come through it. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus is more powerful than all of this, like all of the evil that's in the that's world. That's right. You know, that's right. That's, and you, you might not know it till you actually experience it for yourself though. <laughs> and so true. This is a one very good way to experience that. Sure is. You know, so thanks for sharing that. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, on that note, um, good stuff. We, we, again, we want to hear from you. Um, we would be happy to talk through any of these things with you as well, uh, via email or, or whatever way to connect, but, um, start by emailing us here at Matt at the renegade atlas.com or Chad at the renegade atlas.com. Yep. And, uh, we're happy to help or answer questions or just continue the discussion. So thank you so much. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. Make sure you share this here. Oh, that's right. Press like. Big thumbs up. And we'll see you next time. Yeah.